Welcome to a uh, Tomless episode of Dystopia Tonight. This is why I, I kind of don't know what I'm doing, but I think I'm handling it pretty well. Uh, my guest um, is uh, Patty Lynn from one of my favorite bands, The Wind and the Wave, singer, uh, songwriter, all-around great person. So welcome to the show. Thanks for uh, coming you on. You don't know if I'm a great person. You don't know me. We're about, <laughs> we're about to find out. That's true. You're absolutely right. I could you could be, be a terrible person. Yeah, I know. This is, this, is, this is the interview that breaks it. This is how people finally figure it out. <laughs> I like your intro. I, like at first, I thought I was like I, I, I wanted to dance. Like I was like, "Ooh, yeah, I'm in a dance club." And then all of a sudden, I was like, "I don't know. Should I be scared? Should be scared? <laughs> you know, maybe." I I really need to take a better consensus of what people think because like I can see people backstage, you know, for the most part when the intro is going on. Uh -huh. So usually, I could tell by their facial expression if they're like, "I should bail," or or if they're really. <laughs> Or if they're really like, kind of into it. It's like, what is this going to be about? <laughs> it. I, I actually need to, you know what? It's a good point too, because I need to update the intro because I feel like it was, I, I started this mid pandemic just to keep myself sane, you know, because okay. none of us could tour. So mm -hmm. what else are you going to do? Um, I could have written, but I didn't. Uh, so <laughs> could have worked on my craft, but I was like, no, um, I'm going to talk to people about theirs. Uh, but yeah, I feel like that, um, that collection of clips, other than the Godzilla and the uh, King Kong thing, I feel like it's a little irrelevant almost. It's not, uh, no, enough not stuff has changed. I don't think it's irrelevant. I don't think it's irrelevant, but, um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know what kind of, what kind of, what vibe it sets, like what, what tone it sets. I don't know. I was like, <laughs> are, are we going to talk about politics and religion? Is that what we're going to do tonight? We, okay. you know God. what it's, yeah, I know. No, it's, I basically talk about, you know, what's kind of funny is I feel like, cause I have, um, you know, I've had like, uh, bands and musicians on and artists and, and comedians, stuff like that. And it's kind of funny because there are some comedians that see that intro and I feel like they're like, oh, we're going to fucking talk social comedy. And they immediately start off the back cause that's what they think it is. And this right. is just a, whatever, like I have some questions lined up, but it's basically whatever anybody wants to talk about. I'm down okay, for good. it. So. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And just so the audience knows, if we have an audience, I don't know, can you even tell We do. That? We do have an audience. People are coming okay. in. So yeah, we do have an audience. And I, I guess I was like, just so people know, like you and I have never talked before, like ever, no, except for no. like email. I've never seen this woman before, have I? No, or like, a, <laughs> or like uh, we, we, we just messaged a couple of times on Instagram and a couple yes. of emails, but like, this is a, this is, this is fresh. Like you're seeing this conversation, you're hearing it fresh. Yeah, yeah. This is two people who do not know each other at all. At I don't all, know yeah. too much about your life. You don't know too much about mine. I could be a piece of shit. You don't even know. You probably are. <laughs> I love that you're like, I've met a couple comedians. It's a safe assumption. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're probably you're probably like two weeks away from being canceled, dude. I don't know. <laughs> you know what? I think that's that's gonna be every comedian's uh, bio line under their under their Wikipedia yeah. page, like two weeks away. <laughs> From yeah. being canceled. That's a great, that is a great, uh, when I finally die, I hope that's my bio pick title. Like they're going to do or it's on, or, or it's like, or it's like, uh, it's on your headstone that like was never canceled. <laughs> ne was never canceled. Uh, uh, until he was canceled by God. 
depending yeah. on your religion. <laughs> the ultimate cancel. Oh, that's so great. That should be, yeah. It just hits a button and you're just done. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's crazy, man. The can it's so funny, funny how many com comedians actually like concern themselves with that fat where they, they really think I'm like, first of all, no one knows who you are. So you got a ways to go before anything you say is going to have any kind You're of You're not big enough to be canceled. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so like, I'll be at like an open mic and there'll be new people up there or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, I hope this doesn't get me canceled by, by your family. Stop it. No I'm one like, knows. You haven't, you. no one's even pushed play yet. So don't worry <laughs> about it. Exactly. Uh, how did you, so how did you guys fare during the pandemic though? Did you, did you like, were you, was it driving you? Cause where are, I don't know if you want to give away where you are, but you're, are I'm you... sitting, I'm at my house. I'm at my house. You're in your I'm house. In okay. Cool. Yeah. I'm in, I'm in Austin, Texas at my house. Um, Beautiful. and, and I, well, I'll just go back to the very beginning, right? Like mm -hmm. Dwight and I were on tour, um, overseas when this whole thing started. So mm. we were opening for, um, Kelly Jones, he's the lead singer of Stereophonics. Yeah. Um, so we were doing a bunch of shows with him. He was doing a solo tour, which is, I think, a new, like, pretty new thing for him. Um, nice. But we also did a, a few shows with the full band Stereophonics too. But we were playing some big ass shows at the beginning of the pandemic. Like, that's awesome. Like before, like Dwight and I didn't, we didn't know anything that was going on until, <laughs> like, we started hearing things from the news, and then mm. like. And then like, it was just like a couple days later that they were talking about like shutting down the borders. And we were like, oh, should we be doing right. something about this? Yeah. And it got scary like quickly. Did um, you guys get stuck? No, no, we didn't get That's stuck. Um, like we, we changed our flights. We left the tour early. I think we missed, I think we missed three, maybe four shows um, at the end of that tour. And they actually ended up finishing their tour. Um, oh, wow. And I'm like, good for them. I, I so wanted yeah. to finish. I so wanted to finish. But then um, but then when we got to the airport, um, it was weird vibes, dude. Weird, weird vibes. And so I'm wow. so glad. And my husband was actually really worried, too. He was, like, texting me, like, I think you guys should come home. I think you guys should come home. Shit is weird. Right. Um, and I'm in hindsight, I'm really glad that we did because yeah. shit did get really weird really fast. It turned so quickly. Um, I was on – I was coming – um from a bunch of like midwest states i was working my way back i think i was out in la for a little bit did like the middle of the u.s and then was working my way back east and every 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 time i got a little bit closer to home uh it was uh like the pandemic was that much closer for some like every day was like a new threat level and we were I mean, you know, um, my Oprah and I, we were, we were just joking around about it for the most part or like talking to people in the clubs because we, we didn't know how serious to take it. And then uh, my last show was in New York. And the day that I got back uh, to Jersey, uh, they were like, hey, if you were in New York, you probably have it. And also don't ever oh. go outside again. And I was like, mm, OK, <laughs> shit. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, when our when our plane landed after like a what what how long of a flight is that? it was a direct flight from London. It was a really long flight. Oh, yeah. There's like I can't I don't I can't remember. Anyway, when our like flight landed, something, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. When our flight landed in Austin, we taxied for like an hour and then finally we, we pull up to the gate and then they and then they're honest with us and they tell us what's going on. Apparently someone on the plane is experiencing symptoms. No. So Dwight and I were sitting there like, what the actual fuck? Are, are like, are they about to fuel this plane up and like send us back? Or like, 
or like send us somewhere else. Cause I think they had testing centers in, in other airports, like in Dallas mm-hmm. or Houston or something, but they didn't have anything going on in Austin at the time. So wow. we were just like, so ready to get off this plane. And, and eventually they let us off and they didn't even say anything. They were just like, okay, you're free to leave now. And they didn't say like, you have to quarantine or anything. They just like, let us go. And we were like, thank God. Get, yeah. let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> That's frightening, though, that when you're at the, you know, uh, just at the behest of like whoever's in charge at that point, if you're at an airport, you can't leave the fucking plane. Yeah. And That's- yeah. And no one knows who the fuck is in charge. And like, we're, we're <laughs> like, we're looking, we're looking up at the front of the plane and like, and like, I think it was like the, the, I was about to say the captain. It's not a captain. It's, it's a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the captain of the plane. It's yeah. the, uh, I think it's pilot the, or the captain. Thank the, you, yeah, pilot. Pilot, yeah. Fucking captain of the plane. <laughs> the captain. That's adorable, though. And then the it's, pilot is like shaking hands with like somebody up there, and I'm like, "Wait a minute, are you? You're not supposed to do that." Right. You're like, "No, don't do." That. No, yeah. like, yeah, no one knows what's going on. Anyway, so, right. So yeah, we missed the we missed the very end of that tour. We came home, and then life as we knew it totally stopped. Sure. Uh, yeah, it was super weird, but like in a condensed version of of how I fared over the pandemic, I think I fared mm-hmm. pretty well. Nice. So I, I, w- my husband and I moved from our condo to our rental property and we kind of like swapped properties. Sweet. Um, and I found new tenants, so I didn't have to worry about, you know, not having yeah. my mortgage covered. And then, um, and then I got pregnant and then I was oh, pregnant for nine months. And then I had a baby in January. Wow. Yeah. Like a lot of shit happened. I guess I just figured, okay. So like when I got home, my husband was like, so I think I'm ready to start trying. And I was like, I don't know if this is the best time, babe. <laughs> like I'm worried about my, I'm That's worried bold. about my, yeah. I was like, I think I'm worried about my, my way of life. Like while I'm pregnant, yeah. you know, like I can't go out to brunch. I can't like, just yeah. being normal and am I gonna see my family? Am I gonna see my friends? And then, you know, bada bing, bada boom. It was mm-hmm. way too easy. And like, sorry, trigger warning <laughs> for anyone who's had a hard time getting pregnant. It was like right. way too easy for us. Good for him. And, and you. <laughs> yeah, who said it was because of him? Maybe it was That's all right, you're right. Me. I don't know. You know what when you don't said it was sexist. way too easy? <laughs> I know that's so fucked up. But when you said it was way too easy, I had assumed automatically it was guy. You were like, I was expecting a guy problem. Uh, so no, I, was like, oh. I wasn't expecting a problem at all. But like yeah. some people, it just takes a long time. Sometimes you never know for, yeah, that's true. for one reason or another. So anyway, it was, it was way too easy. Um, but also it ended up being like the best time to be pregnant and have a baby mm. because uh, like there was nothing else going on. Like, yeah, what there could were, you do? Well, I mean, I like in the turn, like there weren't any tours scheduled. Mm-hmm. There wasn't anything that I had to like, I didn't have to disappoint Dwight and like not be able to do something or right. I didn't have to go on tour and be like real, you know, sluggish or sick or tired or like, mm-hmm. I just got to like put my feet up and be home and just be pregnant, which was, yeah. I mean, I don't know anything else. Like, I don't know. Now what I like wish I had gotten pregnant during the pandemic. You make it sound amazing. Uh, I feel like I missed out. Well, and honestly, like it was a pretty easy pregnancy. Again, trigger warning for anyone who's had like a terrible time being pregnant, but it was pretty easy. I didn't, I didn't have any morning sickness. Um, I was just kind of like hungry and tired and Mm. yeah, like all around it was, it was great. And now I have this beautiful, amazing five month old baby boy and he's the cutest thing, but the most amazing thing. What's his name? His name's Lawson. 
Oh, that's a great name. Oh man, that's I a think good, so that's a cool too. name. It's yeah. my, so it's my husband's middle name and my mother-in-law's maiden name. That's where we got it. Oh, wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's a great, yeah. that's a solid name. Thank you. Wait till you hear the middle name and the last name. So the middle name is well, <laughs> Wells and the last name is Manchester. So it's Lawson Wells Manchester. Oh man, this kid's going to be a boss. I don't know what he's yeah, doing, but that's like a, a boss solid name. Yeah, that's a strong name. Mm -hmm. I feel like when the world falls apart, that's the guy, the person you'd gravitate towards. Lawson, <laughs> uh, well, that's a, that's a, what's his last name again? Lawson Wells, Manchester. Lawson Wells, Manchester. That's a dude I want to follow into a zombie apocalypse. Mm -hmm, I'm like this guy's mm -hmm. got a great name. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, it, it seems like then, yeah, then you, 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 uh, you lucked out. I mean, like I know a couple of people who did the same thing where not the pregnancy thing. You're the first person I know who's gotten, uh, was like we're gonna have a baby during this, and I'm gonna fuck. People are either getting a divorce or having babies. I was gonna say there, there's huge life changes going on, and none of them, so none of the people that I've talked to so far had a had like a. I mean, you know, divorce can be pleasant if you're truly miserable. But yeah, uh, you, you seem like you moved. You you moved where you were. You got another place, and you had a baby. You made a person. That's great. Yeah, I made a human. What did you do? I uh, <laughs> got uh, fat for a few months. Um, <laughs> well, that's basically the same thing. I just made it. I just, I just have a human to show for it. Yeah, exactly. And I, ha yeah, I just have more hair. That's the only thing that that is uh, that's happened to me. I, I beard's a little thicker, hair's a little longer. Um, yeah, but uh, that's incredible. I mean, I, I feel like people made giant changes because they had the time to do it, and mm -hmm. I don't think that that was like. I don't feel like it was a necessarily like a bad thing for like. I know that people like you know there were people protesting in the streets to open up a Fuddruckers because they couldn't go out on a Wednesday night, you know, or like whatever. But um, I don't know. I wasn't one of those people. I was like, yeah. oh, I'm going to just enjoy my time. I feel so time. sorry for them. They're like truly discriminated against. <laughs> you know what? I feel like I feel like they did a 180. They, they tried to do like a 180 because for a while there, they were trying to make it seem like people who were like adjusting well to not being able to go out and do shit were the ones who were sad. And I'm like, I think you guys are sad. If you need that much time away from your family and you need to be at bars every night and fucking out all the time and drinking, I'm like that's sad. Yeah. I mean, I, there were good days and bad days, right? Like I missed totally. I, I, I and maybe I just missed having the, like, cause I'm not like a super social person. Like I, mm -hmm. I actually really like staying home, but when the yeah. option to go out is taken away, Yes. Like, you know, it's different. I like, I don't get, it's, it doesn't feel like it's my choice anymore. Like I probably would have stayed home anyway and not gone to that party. Mm -hmm. But the fact that I didn't even get invited, you know, like the yeah. fact that it wasn't even happening. Do you have that kind of, are you the perfect type of person who has a fear of missing out? I, I don't really have, I don't really have that. No. Um, That's I, good. I, 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 I more so have a little bit of social anxiety. So, okay even though like I re like I like people like I really want to be around people and hang out and talk mm -hmm. and do the whole thing when it comes time for that I'm like or I could just <laughs> or 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 I could just stay home and eat these skittles and watch this new Ooh. movie that just came out you know or like shovel ice cream into my mouth and yeah. not get out of these flannel pajamas so I feel the same way and it's weird like do you, like do you find that like the older you get like the the easier that is to do because when i was younger oh, yeah. it was it was just not a possibility everything had to be you know oh, going yeah. out every weekend and now i'm just like i don't give a fuck if i oh, go out yeah every not. every year i give less and less, and less <laughs> i get like it's good 
Yeah, I didn't know about uh, what is it called? F people call it FOMO. Is that what no, FOMO? Really yeah, fear of yeah, missing FOMO. out. Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing until a friend of mine kept saying it over and over in a text message. She's like, "Yeah, I know you gotta you gotta get like that F that FOMO out of your system or whatever." And I was like, "What are you talking what about? She's like, fear of missing out." I'm like, "I don't have that, do I?" What is, she was like, "What is she? 27?" <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she's exactly 27. Well, so that's good. yeah. Ticket. Yeah, exactly. That was good, man. We still don't know each other, by the way. Nope. Uh, <laughs> she just nailed it. Yeah, she and but she just what she talked about all the time, and I'm like, I got. I'm so glad I don't have to deal with any of that shit because. Well, there's yeah. well, there's Jomo now too. What's that? I think it's the joy of missing out. Oh, I love that so much. I need a T-shirt that says that. I, you know, and like I'm, I, like I'm, I'm not like super young anymore. So like in the mm. back of my mind, I'm like I'm. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Yeah. Do you or, miss otherwise, it? I just made it up being young. I mean, I'm still, I'm still like, you I'm are. No, but, like, I can, yeah, I know. I was going to say, you know, I, how, can I ask how old you are? Or is that like a weird, yeah. like, Oh yes. Okay. I won't. Wait, guess how old I am. Oh, guess. God, yeah. I fucking suck at this shit. Yeah. I guess. Uh, you are. Um, okay. Well, you asked my friend if she's 26. Are you, are you, uh, 30, 29? Okay, that's good. I'll accept that. Okay, well, how? Yeah, okay, was that close? Was that close? <laughs> I'm, 30, I'm 34. Oh, you're 34. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, oh, that's great. Why is it great? Because I um I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, I mean, it awesome. is great. 34 is yeah, 34 is great. Yeah, exactly. It's not yeah. that. Yeah, I wasn't. I, I was complimenting myself that I wasn't completely off. But yeah, no, you don't. You know, um, I don't it's, know if anybody's supposed to look mid 30s. I don't know what that is. I pro. I, I guess how old I am. Okay. This is gonna be bad. <laughs> I can wait, already get, tell. Wait, get closer. Wait, get closer. <laughs> get wait, closer. how many gray? How many grays? Oh, are in there? the grays. Yeah, the grays are. <laughs> I don't know. Um. Okay, bad. I'm probably gonna do you a solid. I. Oh. Okay. I'm gonna say. Oh, I'm not. I'm not happy about this. I shouldn't have asked. I'm gonna say you're. You're 37. Oh. Uh. Okay, yeah, I'm 36, but I will be okay. 37 in November. That was okay, good. So close, so close. so close, so close. But it's yeah, that was that was extremely close. That was good. I love how you said get closer. Get closer. Like I can't <laughs> see exactly how dead your eyes are. I so just can't. I can't. a little closer. Yeah. That was great. Yeah, you nailed it. Oh, good. All right, that's not too bad. Now that we're sad, I'm sad. Uh, no. <laughs> a little younger, but it's fine. Um, yeah, no, I I feel like every now and again I feel like I miss my 20s, and then um i meet somebody in their mid-20s and i'm like oh you you that looks miserable to me yeah. so i uh yeah, but i do no. every now and again i'm like i think i used to do more but i'm like i now i like i go out and tour i'll do stand up or whatever now things are picking back up or whatever i'm like i'm good if i'm functioning in that way like the, without the gigs it kind of did fuck me up a little bit like a few months without doing stuff i was kind of chilling a little bit yeah and then when it got to be like six months in i was just like my brain was kicking into like nightlife performing where just random family members I'd see, I'd be like, Hey, where are you from? What do you do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're right. I'm like, no, I'm not. I need yeah, to be on stage. No. <laughs> um, but I didn't admit like my friends and I hung out recently. Uh, you know, we, we got together like once everybody was vaccinated and shit and yada, yada, yada. And it didn't feel like I, I missed them. And, and, you know, we would get together, whatever. It didn't feel like that big of a deal though, because we were doing this. So I was like, I did it's see like you kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, it's, you know, it's not that big of a deal. 
I didn't, I honestly didn't do a whole lot of social, like virtual socializing. I really didn't. Oh, I mean, uh, like, okay, so all my therapy went to virtual. So I was doing individual okay. therapy and group therapy virtual, and I'm still doing that. And I'm nice. I'm, I'm, oh, I mean, yes, nice, but also I'm over it. Like, I'm ready to go back in person. Yeah. Um, I did my, I mean, I did like, I did just a handful of social ones, but just not very much, honestly. And, and I feel like in person hanging has gotten a little, maybe I'm getting over it now, now that we're doing it a little bit more mm -hmm. and I can actually like see actual faces now without masks and stuff. But like, yeah, for, for a minute there, I almost like forgot how to talk to people in real right? life, you know? know, it was, it was weird. Yeah, when they get bit. too close and you're like, uh oh, dang, you're like, like you're suddenly like, mm, maybe stay a little bit away, even though you know them. Yeah, yeah, even and the, just and just like I forgot word like words how to talk, like it felt very robotic. <laughs> yeah, you're asking the same shit over and over again. I felt the same way. Um, like one of my friends I hadn't seen in a while, she lived in a different state. She came back, um, home to visit for a while, and we were like actually hanging out. And I was like, it took me a while to like readjust to the fact that I had known this person for twenty something years. Like. Where I was like, we took that year where it was just digital shit and kind of quick catching up and, you know, how are you crap? And then we were sitting across from each other eating food and I was like, do we talk about normal shit or do we still talk about the pandemic or are we still like sketchy about people like anybody getting close to the table or whatever? But I don't know. I think I'm kind of over it now. I don't like people's over exuberance of seeing me. I feel like that's a lie when they're like, <laughs> oh my God, I'm like. That's a little much. You didn't miss me that much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, let's give it a little bit of a rest. Yeah. And also, like, okay, like at the beginning, and we can stop talking about this whenever you're ready, because like I'm already over this conversation, but just cool, let's do it. One, but just like one more thing. Like at the beginning, sure. if you weren't wearing a mask, I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yes. And then and then now, if you're wearing a mask, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why aren't you <laughs> why aren't you vaccinated? Yeah. It is hard to tell which people are douchebags now and which aren't because yeah. everybody, you're like, oh, it's so much easier when I could just tell you weren't wearing a mask and you're not a, you know, like a scumbag anymore. Yeah, but now I if you're know. wearing a mask, now if you're wearing a mask, I'm like, are, aren't you vaccinated? Everyone can get that. You know? <laughs> Dude, the vaccination line was like, this is the last thing I'll say about them. We're going to move on that too. Like, I remember going to get vaccinated and in my brain seeing all the army dudes and shit and all the people in medical outfits. I was like, I've seen this fucking movie. Oh they, my scan, God. they scan one of us for like a fever and then they take you away in a helicopter and you're never fucking seen from again. Mm -hmm. So it was weird as shit. Um, but yeah, so that's, so you guys came out with a new album though during the, during the pandemic, right? No, no, you didn't. I think you put out a new, did you put out a new song? No, I, no, I, I don't think unless, so. Did we? I don't think so. I mean, I'm in a time warp. I had a baby. Like, I, you can't trust anything I say. But like, no, we didn't put anything out. No. Oh, well, that's great then, because the, then no, the last album you had was um, 2018, right? Probably. Yeah. It's it's yeah. been fucking forever. It's been too because, long. Well, I read it. I read an article recently about um, that you were talking about. That's the best stuff you ever written. And I was kind of curious because I have. Uh, I saw you live, by the way, for the first time I saw you, and I've got your album that you signed. It's blurry because my camera's lame. Old school, old school. Yeah, man. And then, because uh, I saw, I, I went to go see, took this girl that I was seeing at the time to see Blues Traveler, because she loved Blues yep. Traveler. Yep. And you guys fucking opened up. And you crushed it. It was Yay. so good. Yeah. And then you were like, before they started, you were like, hey, I'll be selling stuff in the lobby. And I was like, yep. whoop, peaced out. <laughs> and you were so nice, too. 
um you were signing everything and talking to people and stuff and then uh yeah and i've had it ever since and then um but yeah and then i read an article where you were saying that 2018 the album that you came out with um uh oh my god i know the name of it but i'm it's okay it's okay it's how people are terrible (laughs) human beings let you down human beings let you down but the same kind of concept (laughs) Yeah, same thing, same thing. Loved people, it because it's so true. But you said that was the best collection of songs you've written. Can you tell me wh- why do you think that that is? It's a great album. Well, I'm just curious why you felt like. And I, I feel like a lot of people disagree because a, a, I think a, a lot of our fans met us when we were touring that first record. And so mm-hmm. I think most people um, really cling to that first record. And I totally get that because right. like you know, Death Cab for Cutie cannot beat transatlanticism for me. So like, I totally understand that. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, like, I think I just love new. I just love the new. Okay. Yeah. Um, As an artist, you're always looking to develop and make more stuff and expand your craft. So yeah. And just, you know, I get like, I love the first record and this and the second. I I think the second record is my least favorite, actually. But I love the first record. I love all of them. I I think Mm -hmm. we we have great songs and and each record cycle has so many great memories for me also but i just like the new new i like to mix it up yeah. and cool. and and i i listen to it and then i wear it out you know and then i also i also perform it and i sing it a bajillion mm-hmm. times that i just wear it out in my brain so i just like the new new nice okay that makes sense because it seemed like i i love like i said i love that album and stuff but i was curious i didn't know if you had like a moment where you were writing something and you were like getting in touch with something maybe during that album that you hadn't before or if it was just the experience but that's awesome that it's just basically if it's new you fucking love it yeah pretty much um because grand canyon was one of those ones that i burned i think i i one of the songs that i like burned out like i i don't know it was so upbeat so much fun to listen to um, and that was one that my friends and I would listen to constantly all the time too. We'd just be like, we're just going to repeat this song again. And I'll do that until I, I don't hate it, but I will do that until I hate yeah. something. So I'm like, I cannot stand to see it, but I'll, it'll be like 400 times. I do the same thing. I like, I'm like, I want to, I want to be able to sing this song top to bottom. So if I don't know every single word, I'll just like keep mm-hmm. playing it. And then I, and then once I master it, I'm like, okay, next. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had a moment on stage where you've forgotten your li- a lyric and you're like, Fuck. Uh, hi, have we met? My name's Patty. I don't know any of my lyrics ever. Oh, that's fucking good. No, I did not know that. No, that's great. No, I, I forget lyrics all the time. Wow. I did yeah. not know that. I've done mm-hmm. that. I've forgotten, like, literally I'll be doing, like, more than one show a night, and then I'll go to go to a bit, and I'm like, I think I may have told this audience that bit five minutes ago. <laughs> I don't know. And, like, I'll start Maybe to, I like, did. try to know. ease into it, and I'll be like, do they recognize any of this shit? Dude. I don't know. Sometimes I'll just kind of like mumble over a word that if I just like face <laughs> out or like, or sometimes I just stop singing and then I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. And you're just yeah, playing the instrument. You're like, yes, fuck it. Or, or that's uh, when I've, I've repeated a verse before, like the first verse I'll sing twice because I just, the second one didn't come to me. Like, yes, it happens wow. all the time. Do you think anybody notices? Oh, yeah, I think so. I think oh, wow. I think if it's a big mistake, people notice, and I think if it's a little mistake, sometimes they don't notice, uh, unless there's there's those hardcore fans in the crowd, then mm-hmm. they totally notice everything. But um, it used to really, really bother me, and now, like you know, You're obviously, just like, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Like, obviously, yeah. I don't want to forget the lyrics no. uh, because I would like to be a professional someday. But like, <laughs> <laughs> that just could be your thing. And everybody no, but, will love that about but you. But also, it's it's like good for me to know that like 
there are uh, plenty of professionals out there that have their lyrics in front of them. Yes, absolutely. I mean, and Dylan mumbles everything like for the last 10 years, like doesn't give a fuck. That's his like thing if, though, right? Yeah, that's true. That's his thing. But you know, it is kind yeah. of, it, it, yeah. I love that that's a warning that people will give you before they go. Like if you, if you go to a Dylan concert, like just a heads up, if you've never been to one before, you won't hear it. <laughs> and you're like, oh, all right. <laughs> just as a heads up, Patty will forget some lyrics. That's just what she does. <laughs> she is going to um, totally space out. Yeah, but like one of my favorite local artists, Bob Schneider, he has his lyrics up in front of him all the time, especially when he does mm. those like, like those residency residency shows at Saxon Pub where they'll play for you know hours, and he has like he, he literally has like five hundred songs plus, and so there's you know there's no wonder why he's got lyrics up there because he just decides what he's going to play on the spot. And he pulls right. it up and and then and then also like Kelly Jones stereophonics. He's got every single word wow. up there on stage with him for every single song in the set. I didn't and know so, that. Yeah. And and once I saw that, I was like, oh, okay. It's like it's not a me thing. It's just it just yeah. happens and it's okay. It's I don't fine. know if it's the sadist in me, but I do always appreciate if I go to see a band live. Like, of course, everybody loves singing along with the lyrics and the songs, but I always kind of like when they throw in shit and a different rhythm to it, because then it feels like because as somebody oh, performs yeah. live, you're like, oh, that person's having a fucking blast. So, yeah, I, I feel mean, like I would my, enjoy that. My I think the live version of everything that we do is is different from the nice. recorded version. Love that. Mainly because the recorded versions, there's not a lot like we haven't sat with those songs for very long before they're recorded. Mm. Like they're really new when we record them. Okay. And then, you know, over time you play them so often they kind of morph into its own version live. And so the live versions are, are almost always different from the recorded version. Right. Pretty sure. How does but, it work when like, like if you did like when you did from the wreckage, um, did you ever think about doing like recorded? Do you, do you have to like pre-approve recording live shows if you want to put something out do you just pick the best one or like how does that kind of work like if you're if you're deciding to do that kind of thing or would you ever do just a live album straight through like um, just like just from one set top to bottom yeah run set top to bottom yeah. that be like a thing yeah i mean i think I, I think i would do that um and i it's not something we've ever done but i would i would consider doing that um mm -hmm. And even if there were mistakes in it, like who gives yeah. a fuck? You know, there all the sh all shows are different. And on some level, I think um, people enjoy when. I mean, I, I know that I enjoy when others make mistakes. When I'm part of the audience, you know, I'm like, oh, thank mm -hmm. God they're human. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and and also they're in the moment, and and it's and who gives a fuck? You know. Right. Um. So yeah, it's something I would consider. We do have a live album out. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a digital only uh, thing that you can get on our website. It comes with like video and pictures from that tour and stuff. Um, it's called Live in the UK. But that's it's not uh, it's not a top to bottom one set. It's like I think we recorded a handful of shows um, throughout that tour and kind of chose uh, a couple songs from this show, a couple songs from nice. that show, a couple songs from this show. Just uh, like after listening to them, like, oh, I like that performance of that of that one. So we chose that one. And that's how we did that one, and that, and it's the only live album that that we've ever done. And we did that's it that awesome. Way. Yeah, and you and you and Dwight are completely collaborative as far as like just music and and writing and everything else goes to. Oh yeah, everything. That's everything. so that's so awesome. Yeah, I how, mean, how did you guys wind up meeting? Um, 
So I read it was through another band, but I'm not yeah. 100% on that. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, I was in another band um, when I met him and he was, he was producing music for us. Oh, so nice. that's how we met. We met in the studio um, and he was producing music that, that I was writing with other people. So, nice. uh, so we've always had a creative relationship and um, it just so happened that uh, him and I, creatively just meshed really well. And also our, our voices s seem to mesh really well too. Yeah. So um, that band uh, withered away and he reached out to me a little while after that and was like, hey, I, you know, I have this gap in my production schedule. Do you wanna come out to the studio and just write tunes, you know, That's awesome. with, with, with really no intention um, of becoming a band or releasing an album or anything. It was just like, hey, do you want to come smoke some weed and drink some whiskey in the middle of the day and, <laughs> and just like see what happens? Right. Um, and I was like, yeah, that sounds rad. So uh, we took a couple weeks and like that entire first record came together um, in, the, in, in a couple weeks really of wow. just us kind of fucking around and, and like really being in the moment. Like it was such a pure experience. And I'm, like I would love to recreate that for every album. It's just like not possible, you know. Is that the like, high you're always chasing? I don't want to. I don't want mm -hmm. to. Um, you know, I, I want to remain in the moment and let every experience be what it is. But it would be so cool if if everything could be just like that. Just you know, yeah. we didn't have we didn't have any fans. We didn't have mm -hmm. a management company. We didn't have a, a booking agent. We didn't have a any anything you know like right. no expectations uh, from other people or from ourselves like we were just fucking around and having a good time and came out and just like had this amazing collection of songs right um, and it i would love for it to be that pure again and i it just it just never can be and i have to I, let I, it go i know <laughs> that's so wise and i know it, i know what you mean there's something just fun about not having any kind of pressure or anybody breathing down your neck or anything like that and just fucking around is always kind of the best uh the best way to do it or working under extreme pressure i find yeah either or <laughs> yeah either or one or the other it's either bliss or it's like fuck i'm gonna lose yeah. everything yeah um how did you come up with the wind and the wave oh that's a i mean it's i'm not even gonna tell it's a stupid answer to that question i don't want to answer it the way i have been Fair answering enough. it for the last seven years um yeah make but it it's, up. I, I just i do Lied just <laughs> i i do like alliteration uh as a okay. writer um and i just i just like those words together and i i yeah. heard them i heard them in my head and i was like that sounds nice was this something you, like so when you were younger did you did you see yourself doing this kind of thing or did you have any other aspirations because i always want to know if people were like you know, some people always wanted to sing, always wanted to play an instrument, always wanted to do that kind of thing from day one. But did you have any other aspirations? I've always, always, always wanted to sing. Nice. Um, when I was very, very young, there was no question in my mind that that what that's what I was going to do. When it, when an adult would ask me, "What are you going to be when you grow up?" It's like I'm going to be a singer, you know. And then, mm -hmm. um, and then you know, life happens and you become jaded. And <laughs> I, I at one point. Uh, stopped believing that that was possible. Wow. And so when I was in college, I studied journalism thinking that, well, you know, it's a long shot. I'm not going to be mm -hmm. a singer. Um, so I'll do journalism and I'll be a music journalist. So I can be okay. in the industry. 
I can be close to musicians and singers and creative people, and I can be creative with my words in another way. Um, and so that's really what I thought I was going to, I was going to do. I was going to, you know, review shows and albums and kind of like, what's that? Oh God, I'm blank. I'm having a brain fart. It's called mom. <laughs> it's called mom brain. Um, what's that? What's the movie? What's the oh, movie? Uh, almost famous. Yes. Thank you. Almost yeah. famous. Like I that know, was, I knew exactly what you meant. Yeah. Like that. That's what I wanted to do. That's cool. That's, but that's not, that's still like, it's kind of funny because that's still like kind of in the realm of music. You know what I mean? Like, so you were just, yeah, you were still kind of good. Yeah, it was still a badass thing to do. That's awesome. Uh, when was your, do you remember your first paid gig? Uh, yes, I think. Um, so like as the wind in the wave or just like, no, no, as you just, just, uh, somebody going, Hey, I like your voice and I want you to play for money. Yeah, I think. So when I was in that other band, um, I was still in college and um, there was an opportunity to play. I forget how the opportunity came about. Someone someone reached out to someone and they were like, oh, we've got this show down at Emo's. And Emo's is like a bigger venue, like on the east south side of Austin now. But it used to be like this okay. small place, like right in the heart of downtown. And um and I was like, uh, oh yeah, uh, my, my band can do it. I don't know how I got in contact with these people, but like, oh yeah, my band can do it. And they're like, oh, okay, well, do you have a draw? We had never played a show ever. <laughs> right. And I was like, I was like, yeah, for sure. He was like, okay, well, how many people, do, how many people do you, how many people do you think you can bring in? And I was like, definitely like a, definitely like, definitely like, definitely like 150, probably definitely. <laughs> wow. Nice. And, and, <laughs> and they were like, okay, cool. We'll add you to the bill as the opener. And I was like, okay, sweet. And so then I went back to the van and I was like, we have to bring 150 people minimum. <laughs> were they like, oh. And they were like, okay, we'll just start, we'll, we'll just like start asking all of our friends and family and just begging yeah. them to buy tickets and come to the show. Um, I have no recollect. I don't, I, I don't have any idea how much we got paid or, or how many people came or anything like that. But mm. I do remember that I was so nervous. Mm. This isn't the first time I sang on stage. Not that I had done it a million times before that, but this was like, I was like in a band for the first time and in a real venue downtown for the first time. And right. I like my, like my whole body, like this was, I was shaking. I could barely, wow. I was playing the viola for this particular project in the earlier days of this particular project. I was playing mm-hmm. a little bit of viola and I was singing harmonies and, like I could barely play. It was like, <laughs> I could like barely play and I could barely sing. Everything was shaking. I was Jesus. so nervous. Yeah. Wow. Good memory. They, it's a good memory though. Did they actually, so did you, were you worried about, cause I would have been worried about, we had to do bringer shows when I was younger. Um, when I was starting out as a comic and Wait, you couldn't go on. Oh, it's so humiliating. Bringer shows started like late 2000. If you're a comedian, it used to be you performed the last part of the show. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or you would go on later or whatever. And then when I started doing stand up, um, like they as would a make, newbie, you would go on. Yeah, later? as a newbie, you would have like to how late? Sure. Oh, uh, like if you were doing it that late, it'd be like one o'clock in the morning, like back oh, in the day. Shit. Like you, yeah, you would go. On, you'd go on dead fucking last at a club. But a bringer show is you get to do you get stage time on an off night if you bring in 15 people. 
So you got five minutes for 15 people. And if you didn't bring in 15, they would reduce your time. Mm -hmm. So you would get three minutes. It, it was the most humiliating, degrading thing to do to comics. You were and I thankfully did not have to. What did you say? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I said you were the 100%. bitch. 100%. And the worst part about that is like, you were just more worried about the people were going to show up than your fucking act. So that was like the, that was the brutal. So I can't imagine telling people you're going to bring 150 people. And then yeah. like, well, I didn't know what they, I didn't know what answer they wanted from me. You right. Know? Like, I don't know if they wanted me to bring 50. Did they want me to bring a hundred? Like, yeah. I don't know. I still don't know today. There's, there's clubs that like sometimes club owners or whatever uh, will contact my manager and they'll be like, well, what kind of following does he have on social media? And I just wanted to be like, you know, they're not all in Poughkeepsie, right? Like, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, does it matter? Like, it's not, does it, it's not, they're not going to be in your fucking town, dude. Um, but that's always, that's always fucking nerve wracking. When you were, um, when you were on tour and stuff like that, do you have a favorite place? Cause there's places that I love to go to that I wish I could just make a home base. Do you have like a favorite like a venue or something like that you just remember having a blast and you're like yes every night this place this city um yes uh, yes um but again mom brain john <laughs> uh, okay well i'm just gonna start with my hometown okay i'm okay. gonna start with my hometown because i love i love 310 it's down okay. on um on second street in austin and i love 310 because it's an indoor outdoor. They've got these big garage doors that open so you can hear the music from the street. Nice. And it's a beautiful bar, great stage and a wonderful green room and and good uh, good attention and service to the musicians that, that play every night there. So it's I love that place. So I'm just gonna, just gonna start there. Awesome. Um I'm not going to remember venue names because that's just not what I do. I, you know, I've never been to Austin and I was supposed to go before the pandemic. I was supposed to go to Texas. Yeah. I was supposed to go to Austin. I was supposed to go to San Antonio, Dallas. Like to play, like to do to some stand-up gigs? Do stand-up, yeah. And I and because of the pandemic, I did not get to fucking go and I was so heartbroken. Well, you will. Been my you first will. Time. I, I can't. I, I, people tell me so many good things about Austin, just the music scene in general. And even the com. they say the comedy scene is pretty good over there too. So I'm, I'm like excited uh, to finally get back over there and hopefully you know, get things going. But yeah, Austin someplace I really want to go. Yeah, you will. You will. Um, I, I just, I feel, see, if Dwight were here, he would, he would remember all of the places. That's one of the things <laughs> he does. He does so well. Um, yeah. Okay. Oh, there's and a place in Evanston. There's a place in <laughs> Evanston. Um, mm -hmm. Evanston, like right outside Chicago that oh, I, nice. that I love. Um, and I, I almost wish we had Chicago's like a, great. I will almost wish that like all the people that were watching this interview could like have like I could see like a chat stream or something because someone because someone would tell me what the venue is in Evanston that's so great. Yes. Or, do you have do you have I, a chat? You know, uh, we do, we usually do, and uh, because Tom Tom's at a uh, Tom's at a wake right now, so I feel like that's the oh, other reason why he's not. Tom. Here. I, okay. I know. Come on, man. Um, but yeah, we usually have a chat thing going. I'm sure there's. If um, you did, someone would be like, "Oh, it's this," and maybe it'll come to me. But that that awesome place in Evan Evanston is is awesome, and there is a bunch of cities I love playing in. Like New York's actually been really good to us. Uh, I love nice. playing New York. Love, I love Boston. Has always been so good to us. Although there is this one place that I'm not going to say, not that I would, not not that I would remember the name of it anyway. <laughs> but if I did, if I did, I wouldn't say it because you don't want to burn any bridges. But I don't like that no, place. I but I love. 
Boston. I like playing Seattle and Portland a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a ton of places. And of course, I love playing the UK. I love being overseas. It's just uh, everything's so different, you know. That's got to be the best, just going, being able to, you know, draw people in overseas <sighs> and shit like that. Um, the Boston thing, I love focusing on places people don't like going. Was it the audience or was it just like the... No, it's, it's almost never the audience. Right. Because no, there, I, but I will say this this particular place. I don't know. I don't know why. I think our booking agent likes to book us there because he's friends with the guy that owns the place or something, and it's easy. Right. But like, they don't have a bar and they don't even serve water. Okay. Oh, that's fucking horseshit. I just don't want to go there anymore. No, I hear you. Don't make me go there. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's nice to be able to. Are you looking forward to getting back out to touring again, or are you guys gonna start writing another? Like, what's the plan if you have one? Not to put any pressure on you guys, but, no, um, both, both, all of the things uh, are, okay. are, are are part of the plan. So, first things first, um, we'd like to. I mean, we we have we we did write over the pandemic while I was mm-hmm. pregnant. We wrote and we we recorded a lot, and probably there's a there's a good chance that those songs will not see the light of day because Dwight is going to bury them for whatever reason. (laughs) However, if you are a member of our Patreon, you will probably get to hear, you will get to hear all of those songs. If you're a member of our Patreon, I will absolutely plug the Patreon when when, (laughs) when I post this. Thank you. But other than that, um, they may not see the light of, they may not see the light of day. So Mm. we, we do intend to start, writing more soon we were going to start writing last week but then dwight got sick and dwight cannot be sick in my house with a five-month-old so no um so yeah we're gonna start (laughs) yeah not just off a pandemic either (laughs) you're like just period yeah yeah um but yes we're we're gonna um we're gonna start writing new music um and we are going to we we did a bunch of virtual shows like acoustic shows over the pandemic as well and that stopped right before my due date um we're about to start picking those up again um nice. we are in current conversations and negotiations about starting a local residency so that when we uh. do start um and like i don't know like once every other week or something like that um, so that when we do start writing these new songs, we can just like start playing them live and, and see what works and see what doesn't work. And yeah. Um, yeah. And just kind of like, just kind of feel them out, um, in a live. I setting. can't imagine this happens much, but do you have songs that you really wish had made it onto an album, but didn't? No, I don't oh, have any. Of those. No, I don't have any of those. That's um, awesome. And I think it's that it's never happened that way for us because when, when we like, if we're working with a label, for an example, mm-hmm. we don't we don't just we don't just write indefinitely and have someone else pick songs. Like that's not what we do. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. We we just don't play that game. There's a lot of right. people that 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 will do that, and we just will not play that game. That's just not something I'm willing to do. Basically, that's um, yeah, that's awesome. I will write. We will write an album and hand it over and say, this is the album. Like either wow. you like it or you don't like it. Um, either you That's want great. this or you don't want this, you know, because I, it, the other way is, is just not the way to go, you know? Yeah. It's just not the way to go. And it's, it's a kind of a bummer too, because I do hear, like, I love, you know, 
reading about other bands and music and stuff like that. And it does kind of bum me out when I hear that, like, there's somebody else who doesn't, who's not even like involved in making the music or whatever that gets to decide and pick and choose and what makes it into a fucking album. I'm like, oh my God, that's not what I want to hear. People, there's a lot of people in the industry that want to have their like fingers and toes in, in everything and mm -hmm. that, that think that they know you know, anything, yeah. not even, not even just about what sounds good, but like, what's going to work on radio and you know, blah, blah, yes. blah. Like here's, here's, here's the truth. Nobody fucking knows. <laughs> Nobody knows. Yeah. Like either it works or it doesn't work and no one knows when it works. It's like, it's like, I don't know why it just did, you know? Right. There's a bunch of songs out there. That's like, that you'll hear and you'll be like, well, of course that worked. Cause it's so upbeat. It's so poppy. It's so catchy or whatever. And then there's other songs where you're like, I have no idea why that works, but it, but it does. Right. Right. I, you know, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So I know what nobody you mean. Knows. Yeah, exactly. And anybody who says that they have like a finger on the pulse of what is going to sell and what isn't, it's usually just full of shit. Mm -hmm. um, is there a favorite, like, do you guys have somebody that you love opening for? Cause you guys have opened for a lot of different people. And I feel like your, your kind of music kind of meshes well with almost everyone's. Mm. Um, do you like it really does like like i feel like even if like you know um you know like uh like if there's a band that kind of has like a different sound than you do but yours still kind of gels well with everybody do you feel like you could just uh you know perform with any kind of band or in front of any band because you know what i mean like you guys are strong enough and um i think all your songs are like unique where like they stand out they're fun they can you can slow them down you know they have depth to them and stuff like that so i feel like you guys can do anything or perform anywhere i am i'm very deep john um <laughs> i i love opening for stereophonics i nice. love opening for stereophonics fans like Ooh, okay um they are they are great they are nice. so like all of them they're so energetic they're so diehard um and and that last tour that we did when kelly did the solo thing that was mm -hmm. really it was so different for him because he, i mean stereophonics that's a fucking rock band yeah that's a rock show you know people go like people rock out and get wasted and climb on each other's shoulders and wave flags around like <laughs> it's a rock show so for kelly to do a solo tour in seated like beautiful mm -hmm. but seated theaters that's a very different things for that kind of fan and, and I like both. I like both, you know, nice. I, I think there's a lot of, of just, just me and Dwight doing a very stripped down acoustic thing, um, mm -hmm. in, in our future. I think there's a lot of that in our future. That's awesome. I love acoustic stuff. Um, there was a, uh, uh, one song that you guys had that I think you did during, um, the uh when i saw you guys live that was just strictly acoustic and i was i can't find it it was um oh uh, god what was it it was like a stripped down version of um i think this house is a hotel mm -hmm. it seemed like you guys did it there and i it's not on the album that way but i loved when you did it like that's that's how i heard it for the first time and i yeah. love it the other way too but it was kind of interesting because that's why i was asking about like the live stuff where i was like i know you play things different when you're when you're live would you ever like you know, record a whole thing because it's interesting. It's, it's just a different sound, but you guys do both of those things really well. Thanks. Um, yeah, we, well, we do have an acoustic album. Um, what, what, uh, I forget what songs are on that. We do have an acoustic one and, and there's some really nice things on there, like things that I prefer on the 
in the acoustic version um, more so than the album version. Um, mm -hmm. So, and you guys have that. done covers and stuff too, which I've noticed on, which I didn't know you did, but yeah. you do them on, which I love. By the way, I like. Cool. Do you have a favorite cover? Um, I'm like literally typing it into my computer right now because I'm like, what have I done? <laughs> what have I? What have I done? I was so um, good. I love your memory. It's honestly, like, you're like, I don't know where I've been. Uh, I don't know where I've been. I don't know where I'm going. I'm, I'm, I'm lost at all times. I understand. Let, let's I see. understand completely. Um, do you have a favorite cover? Uh, that I do? Uh, no. Yeah, I, no, I'm just kidding. I do a whole Richard Pryor album. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty great. <laughs> no one knows it's him. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't. I, I just discovered your covers and I was listening to them the other day. Cause I didn't know. Um, I didn't know that you did covers. I've listened to your other albums and listened to your stuff before. And then Spotify like threw them up at me and they were like, by the way, by so the that way. was, yeah, that was kind well, of news to me, but. So we used to do, we used to do live um, the ignition cover from our. Oh my God. And yes. it was, it was so much fun. Um, wow. And then we just decided not to do anything more R. Kelly because it was a little weird. Yeah, that gets a little touchy. Weird vibes from R. Right. Kelly and disappointing. Mm -hmm. So we were like, maybe no more R. Kelly. What if I was like, what do you mean? What's going on? I don't understand. Uh <laughs> I'd be like, you just have to Google it. You just have to just Google, it, Google it, dude. Yeah, just let it go. Um, our chandelier cover. Um, I that really, I, that I was one of the ones that Spotify recommended and I heard and I loved. Yeah, I missed that. Although... I'm pretty sure our cover of Chasing Cars is like our most listened Listen to. to, yeah, like biggest song ever. It was in this episode of um, uh, what's the the oh Grey's Anatomy. I was gonna where, say Grey's, yeah, yeah. Where I think you know because the original version of that song by Snow Patrol was mm -hmm. in an was in an earlier episode, and then I think when our cover of that song played. It was the scene where McDreamy died. Yes. So it was a big fucking deal. Mm -hmm. so, and I, I know, know that because, uh, again, uh, this girl that I was dating at the time, I'd never watched Grey's the Anatomy. Same girl? She, no, different girl. Oh. Um, she and maybe, I get around. Uh, but she, but she, um, she, <laughs> no, I just felt like a you're like, same girl. And I was like, oh, no. I don't I, know. It's a problem. Um, no, but she made, I never watched Grey's Anatomy and that's the first episode she made me watch. Oh, and wow. I, uh, and then the dude dies and then that song played or whatever. And I was like, I really like this version. She's just like sobbing, but I'm like focused on the music. And I was like, who is this? <laughs> this is great. She's like, you're heartless. Oh, like, no, but we should heart. we figure this out. Yeah. Um, but no, that's, that's fucking awesome. I love the covers. Um, I can't wait till you guys go back on tour. Um, and we are, we got five minutes. I don't want, I, oh, I, I told her I keep you out. No, we don't have out? a hard out. We can keep going. I just like to let the guests know just in case they're like, TikTok, motherfucker. Oh, um, yeah. I, I cut off. Time I is money. Time the, is money. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. I don't care. I can keep, cause I've got plenty of questions. That I could keep talking to you forever, but I also don't like, I feel like sometimes people are like, you said an hour, dude. I don't want to <laughs> fucking. Like, are you shitting me? Like, is this what's going on? But no, I really don't care. I just like to let people know. This fucking this guy. This fucking guy thinks he could just, we got all the time in the world. Um, I do, apparently. Uh, 
Um, well, I don't want to, no, I don't want to skip over anything you wanted to get to or anything like that. So no, no, no. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, there's still, like, I just, I'm just curious. Like I love like learning about the process and stuff like that. And I like that you guys write primarily together. Um, one of the biggest things that I I'm still thinking about is that you guys basically have creative control over your shit. Was that hard to get? Or you guys just decided I'm drawing a line in the sand and if they don't like it, fuck it, we'll go somewhere else with it or we'll take it live or we'll go out on the road because that's, that's a really hard thing to do, especially for like, you guys did that right off the bat, like new band. You were like, no, this is what we want. Or did you well, have to work up to that? Well, when, okay. So like it's, it was kind of a precedent that we set from the very beginning because mm -hmm. when, and we had a wonderful A&R person um, who, who just loved what we did. And, and when we started talking to her, we are, the album was already done. So it's right. not like, it's not like, you know, she discovered us in some bar and she was like, I love the way you sound. Let's write an album and I'll release mm -hmm. it. It was like, it was like, we have this album and you know, we're, we're a new, no one act like we're, we're nobody, right. but we have this album and we love it. And she loved it. And so there was no, there was no, like, there was no changing it. And, and she went from our first record label and then I think we got dropped from that one and then she moved to a different label, but then she brought us along for the ride with her. So we, that's what, how we got signed to our second label. And then it was wow. kind of the, it was kind of the same thing um, there too. So, and see, that's kind of unusual too, because I think sometimes I've talked to other bands and they say they won't like, they'll, they'll write an album, but they'll give somebody like a couple songs because they're afraid, like they don't want to release the whole album in case they don't like, you know what I mean? Like we don't, we don't turn in songs we don't like. We don't even finish songs we don't like. Wow. Really. That's what um, I'm No. Yeah. I mean, I, and I, and I feel like, I mean, not that every single song we write ends up on an album, but we just mm -hmm. don't, we don't finish songs that we don't like. And we can, we can feel together if it's going in a direction that we like or we don't like if it's not going in a direction that we like we like we don't have any problem just bailing on it you know right do you do things lyrically first or do you do or do you start strumming and do things like do you write the music first it's really more of a music first kind of a thing although mm. i'm all, you know like i'm always jotting down jotting things down um that i refer back to for inspiration and ideas and dwight right. and dwight does the same thing um and even though we do everything together, Dwight is really more the music person and I'm really mm. more the lyric and melody person. So, uh. but, but the whole thing is a collaborative, is a collaborative experience, but like Dwight will come to me with a progression, a chord progression. Mm. Sometimes he even comes to me with a melody that he has in mind, or sometimes he kind of reserves the melody to, to, to see if anything, if the progression inspires some melody in, in me. Um, and sometimes he even has words here and there, or sometimes this is happens a lot. He'll be like, he'll be like, well, let me show you this melody I had. And he'll like mumble something and we call it mush mouth. He'll be like, he'll be like, <laughs> and I'm like, did you say the feathers of the bird blew in the wind? And he's like, he's like, no, I was just like mush mouthing. And I was like, well, I'm gonna write that down because that was, am that was amazing. That's great. I've never heard of that before, but that's fucking awesome. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, mush mouth. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. That's a, that's a great way to collaborate. I always kind of like, I'm not a, I'm not musically inclined, so I don't 
like for me i feel like it would have to be like like in my mind people write lyrically first and whenever somebody tells me they actually get the music down first and then add lyrics to it i'm fucking blown away by that because i just don't understand like i just don't understand how music works i don't understand like the you know uh the relationship between like word and song i can't put yeah. it together in my head yeah i mean more more often than not it's there's a progression and let's figure out a melody that goes on it and, and then the words and then we fill in the words with the melody that we've already kind of mm -hmm. created so that's more often than not that's how it works for us how much of it would you say is just all from personal experience and l much of it is like you creating shit on the spot like fiction telling a story in a song versus oh this oh, stuff yeah. is happening to me you know yeah it's it's like almost never fiction for me it's it's all that's awesome it's 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 a pretty cathartic thing for me actually mm -hmm. writing lyrics it's all personal i don't really know how to write things that aren't personal and i don't think i'd be very good at it like the because mm -hmm. that's the stuff that i feel the most that's the stuff right. that i'm experienced in is like is that's what I know. It's my it's my life, right. and and uh, also the people in my life. It's kind of um, like if you're in my life, like there's probably going to be a song about you at one point or another. So you have to be okay. We need with to that. do more of these interviews. Then uh, <laughs> that would be so cool. No, I, I'm actually like that's actually really awesome because that's the kind of vibe I got from listening to your music that it was personal. I think if right now you had told me that if some of the, like majority of them were fiction, I would have been heartbroken. I'd be like, oh fuck, really? That's so but bad. also really impressed because like how could you right could someone do that? Yeah, yes, no, I mean absolutely. My stuff's been so personal that I, like I've had to bring I've we've had to talk about songs in couples counseling like wow. it's a thing like because I just feel like the there are some things that have to come out in song like the things that are hard to say mm -hmm. the things that are the things that are hard to feel it just that makes the best lyrics makes the best stories and yeah. um if you say them out loud, there's a really good chance that there's a lot of other people that feel the same way and have thought the same thing. So um, it's not always things that you would that you would divulge to your partner. It's not always sure. things that you would necessarily want the world to know about you. Um, but it's probably the most relatable. So yeah, so and, yeah, and they totally are. And that's kind of it's the best feeling in the world when you make something or write something uh that resonates with other people and helps them express how they actually feel is that a coping mechanism that you learned over time or do you think you've always expressed yourself with writing and song in that way like because i know you said you go to therapy and then you've also been in couples counseling now and so yeah. like is that something that you've you've kind of grew into with your music or is that something you just learned when you were younger um I feel like it's it's always been kind of a cathartic experience, but my writing my writing's changed over time too. Like, um, I I've like learned it's just show tunes now. So <laughs> just show it. tunes, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I just mean like in the way that I write my lyrics. Like, I feel like in the past I used to be very metaphorical, flowery language, and mm -hmm. and the more I write, the more I kind of just say it exactly like it is. Like. Mm -hmm. Well, how do I, you know, well, how do I say, like, how do I say that um, I'm really, I'm, I'm really unhappy and I'm not sure if this is what I want anymore. Mm -hmm. Oh, I guess I could just say that, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. So, um, so you, do, yeah. you, you say you're writing your musically, your writing's developed over time by just being more straightforward with it. Yeah. Yeah. And, cool. and, and, and just saying what it is you want to say, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. That's beautiful. That's that's actually really cool. Um, I don't think a, I think a, a lot of people would wish they could communicate in that way instead of just you know, like what my parents did, just straight up screaming. Uh, so. Oh, so, dude, me too. Uh, me right? too. Therapy. Yeah, man. Therapy. Do you go to therapy? <laughs> I have been in and out of it. I should be. Full disclosure, I should definitely be in it more uh, well, than I am. Good. You you've got some experience. That's good. Yeah. No, yeah. Therapy's... Yeah. Yeah. I have a, I have a little experience with it. Yeah. Therapy's amazing. Um, it is. I think it's one of those things that I fully believe, especially after going, that everybody should just be in some form of it at Absolutely. some point. Absolutely. And it's those fuckers that think they don't need it that need it the most. Oh, my God. Absolutely. It's so whenever anybody's like, I'm good. I'm like, oh, do you have some shit to unpack? Do, do Are you, though? Um, <laughs> exactly. They, those people worry me the most. I'm like, I don't think you're good at all. I think it's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Then you oh, wind up they, they wind up being like army hammer eating people and fucking... You know, whatever. Did you read that? That was crazy. No, no. Oh yeah, dude. He got like so some somebody he was like sexting or whatever had like released their messages, which I always kind of hate when people do with like celebrities and shit like that. Because I'm like, I don't really care how people fuck. I don't want to know. And then I started reading like the, you know, like the transcripts. I was like, oh, what kind of bullshit? Like everybody sex, like blah blah blah. And it was like I want like he was like listing things he wanted to eat, like off like toes. And then, and then, like, it got more graphic where, like, he actually admitted to being a cannibal at some point. And we were just like, whoa. Yeah, it's I mean, fucking I mean, nuts. If, if you like to pretend you're a cannibal, that turns right. you on. Like, hey, like, to That's each their own, doing. right? Like, to each their own. Yes, like, everybody's going to think. Yeah, like, whatever you find sexy, like, you do you. Yeah, do. I agree. I agree. Except and don't then, do that, actually. Yeah, it, the more it was crazy, the more I read it because I was I was doing the same thing. I was like, "All right, this guy, it's all hyperbole. Like he's just fucking." And then all of a sudden, it was like confession, confessing to what he's done in these things. And I was like, "Oh no!" Like he's an actual. Yeah, it was fucking nuts, man. It was wild, but um, yeah, I uh, I don't know. I think I definitely want to go back and like you know do more of it because I feel like it would benefit me. Plus, having a third party to just fucking talk to. That aren't that do, they don't know you. They're not your friend. They're not your you know. Absolutely, um, they have. Yeah. They're they're not invested in your in your personal life and your social right. life. And that just therapy is so amazing. Like I I get, uh, you know, you get validated and you get to talk mm -hmm. things out. And I, I will say, like I've been in group for not not a year. I think I I want to say I started in December of last oh, wow. year. So not not a year yet, but like. I feel like group is like grads, the grad school of therapy. Like it's, it's like the final step. It, it's really, it's amazing. Yeah. I've never done that. And I don't, I, I don't, how do you get, do you have to be, can you just go to group therapy or is it somebody, does somebody have to recommend you into it? No, I mean like, uh, yeah, you can just go to group. Well, I mean, you have to meet a therapist that holds groups Oh, okay. And, yeah, that, <laughs> that whole into a room. You like, just walk hey. into a room. It's not like AA. You can't just show up. No. Okay. Um, no, it's not a free service. You still have to pay for the service. Um, right, right. But it's yeah, it's just like any other any other form of talk therapy with a therapist with at least mm -hmm. one therapist in the group. And um, yeah, it's been really very very interesting, and I I highly recommend it. I like it a lot. I'd like to try um, that out. I think that'd be good. But while we're talking about therapy, um, I did want to mention that I am 
let's see, as of August of 2020, um, mm -hmm. I have joined a board of directors for an organization called the Sims Foundation. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it's an organization that provides uh, mental health mental health services and drug drug use recovery services for musicians and uh, and people in the music industry as well as their dependents, as well as their family wow. members. So not just musicians, but also um, producers and the lighting people and the loading people and the just all the people that are in the, within the music industry that just don't have access to those kinds of services. Um, can get them through Sims Foundation. And I've actually been a beneficiary of Sims Foundation for, I don't wanna say like seven or eight years. Mm -hmm. um, and I recently joined the board of directors. So now I feel like I'm really able to wow. give back to a cause that is so important to me. And yeah, so. I did not, I, I, I saw on your profile that you're a mental health advocate and stuff. I did not I mean, know that about a, you. I mean, that's a kind of a self-proclaimed mm -hmm. Title well, I mean, we that all, I gave yeah. myself, right? But no, I that's great though that you gave that to yourself because well, I didn't know about the Sims Foundation. Um, I uh, and I didn't think I could like you even more than I do right now because that's fantastic. One of my very, very close friends a year ago, almost a year and a half ago, um, passed away. She was a musician, she could play like she was just a uh, you know, one of those people who could pick up any instrument and play it. We'd known each other since we were 12 um passed away she od'd she struggled with drugs for an incredibly oh. long time and me and a few of her closest friends had like tried to you know it was it it was devastating you Sucks. know I'm so obviously sorry. to have that happen um but it was one of those things that we were trying to figure out like we wanted to do something of course yeah. when the pandemic hit but we were like you know this was a recent it was yeah it was the january it was january 2020 mm. and it was a, like a few days after her birthday oh and my then, god yeah it was it was it's just soul crushing um and uh but we were like what do we like can we but that's all i didn't know about the sims foundation because we were trying to feel like i was like there should be something for musicians or just for performers or entertainers because she acted and stuff too and she was uh living in la at the time and then came back home to jersey for a little bit and she was on the road a lot and just did endless and countless shows she's a dancer and could play the banjo and the mandolin and the yeah, piano and the thing and is that thing is that life is so hard it is it, it's Our so people don't realize it you know, it's so draining and, mm -hmm. um, and it's not like, and, and most musicians out there, people in the music industry don't make gobs of money. It's, and it's not right. like mental health and drug recovery services are, are cheap. Like that stuff is really expensive, unfortunately. One, and, of the, one of the things was that she got bounced around a lot. So she could never really like, she, she didn't have the best healthcare and, you know, places would give her the boot or whatever, or if she did wind up in a place when she was trying to get clean or get better, um, you know, some of those places are not the, like I, they're not the best places you mm. know, to, for somebody to go. So it's like trying to find the right place. And it was, yeah, it really, it really, you know, uh, hit us all hard. And, you know, I mean, I was always an advocate for like better healthcare in the country and all that stuff too. But during this past election, I was really like adamant about um, people understanding why we need better healthcare in the country because. Yeah. Know. When you experience something that close to home, um, it changes you. And, yes. and yeah. And, um, like our our country, our world uh, needs more and more access to healthcare, better better providers, and just more affordable, right? Like it's so hard, mm -hmm. it's so hard to find um, good providers that pe that you can afford. Um, yeah, and and oh, the Sims it's terrible. 
yeah, the Sims Foundation is is truly one of its one of its kind, um, one of a kind, and uh, I really hope that it's an organization that can go national sometime in the near future. Mm. Um, I'm not probably not supposed to say anything about that, but we're we're talking about expanding, and I really would love for that to happen because right now um, it's just in Austin, but. Wow, um, okay. But hopefully, you know, more interviews like this and more awareness and more, um, yeah. more, I will more absolutely talking about plug mental it. health. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. I, I just did a, I just got interviewed on a mental health podcast earlier today uh, in the UK because I have a film, a short film out on Amazon Prime called Dup It. Um, and it's about a dude who it's based on my own experiences with it, but it's about a guy whose depression manifests itself into a puppet. And he affectionately calls it Duppet. And it's just the antagonist throughout the whole thing. And it's all his worst anxiety and fears and thoughts. And and basically he goes through um, like the entire film with this thing that nobody else can see that is just there constantly. And, uh, and we all have we all have a Duppet. Yes. And that's one of the things that that made me um because like, you know, you make something, you have no idea if people are going to like it, they're going to love it, they're going to fucking hate it. It resonated with so many people that uh, the Henson company noticed it. And this is, again, pre-pandemic, so the pandemic hit and stuff right. kind of stalled. But um, but they noticed it and what you're talking about making it into a series because literally, like, it got, um, like, decent press and stuff and people were talking about, oh, my Duppet's like this and my, my Duppet has whatever. And in the film, they were, uh, by the end, you know, by the end, basically, he realizes that communication is key to making yourself feel less alone and kind of dealing with depression and kind of talking about it. And once he does that, he sees everybody as a duppet. So everybody's got totally dealing with different shit. I love it. Thanks. So this is yeah. something I can, I can watch. You can, I'll send you a, I'll send you a link. Okay. I love yeah, it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's on, it's on prime, right? I think it's still on Amazon prime right now. Um, but yeah, I, I bet, can send you a private link. I bet our duppets would be friends. Oh, absolutely. I'm thinking they would be, I'm thinking they, they totally be. would be. They yeah. Would be friends. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's so crazy. I'm, I'm so glad you told me about the, I'm really am about the Sims thing. I'd like to, I'll plug that as much as I possibly can because that, um, that's, I didn't know that existed and that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And now I want to try group therapy too, because that's, yeah. like, uh, I've only done the solo stuff, which is, which is good. Which I, should I, I, I will say, um, it is helpful to, to continue the solo stuff while you're doing the group thing. It, it is also nice mm -hmm. to have like your own personal space while you're, while you're doing the thing, yeah, but oh, but cool. yeah, is it the same dude? Uh, the same therapist? Yeah, for group and solo. Uh, no, no, my oh, okay, that's cool my, then. Yeah, no, my individual therapist is a different therapist than than the therapist that does group, but it's not a dude. Oh, I don't. I'm. I say that. No, I. <laughs> I say that in. I mean that in the in the general sense of dude. In and okay. uh, yeah, in a general sense, I okay, say that dude. way too much. Where I'm just like, I was like, oh, dude, what's up, dude? And then the people are just like, <laughs> right? it's so it's so funny though too because like I've got like a bunch of friends who are trans or whatever, so like I'll do that like, and they just they know me that I do that, but they'll introduce me to somebody else and they'll be like. Easy with the dude stuff. Easy with the dude <laughs> stuff, dude. You're right, dude, dude. I'm like, dude. dude it's such a right. dumb, it's such a dumb fucking thing that I do. It's like a tick. I have no idea. I say it to my parents. I've said it to uh to I've said it to like I've done like a bunch of like um you know uh political fundraiser fundraiser or whatever. And one time I was doing a thing after the fact where I had to interview this guy running for mayor and I literally called him dude during the interview. Cool dude. 
And I was just like, oh, I'm kind of sorry about that. He was like, oh, it, it, I think of. it made him. Yeah, I think it made him like feel a little bit more human in general, too. But I was just like, I was just into the conversation. I was having a good time. Yeah. And then I was like, I'm a real piece of shit. But it's <laughs> Um, I'm going to ask you, so this is one, this is one question that we ask, it's kind of a generic, but we ask every guest, okay. um, if you had one piece of advice you can give to yourself, your younger self, go back in time and tell yourself something that would help you for the rest of your life up until this point, what would it be? Um, <laughs> I'm afraid of being cheesy. Them. I'm afraid no, of being no, no. cheesy here, but, Don't be afraid. Um, it's whatever comes to mind. Um, that that you are enough just as you are right now, like, and stop trying to be anybody else. Um, you know, like mm -hmm. you are like, I'm, I'm closing my eyes because I'm looking at my younger self right now. Mm. You are beautiful and you are smart and you don't need to do that diet. And <laughs> true, truly you don't need to do any dieting. Love that. And you can eat whatever you want and just, just, you know, be healthy, obviously, like we want to be healthy. So like everything in moderation, but like mm -hmm. you are enough just as you are and you're very talented and, and, and just, you should believe in yourself and people like you and the people that don't can just go fuck right off. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Beautiful. Perfect. Yeah. I like that you, you're the first person that's ever closed their eyes to talk to their younger self. It's a very good thing to do, to do, to actually, I have some pictures of myself of like, like, my, like a baby, like not like a baby baby, but like a, a very young version of mm -hmm. myself. And I do kind of talk to myself in those That's pictures every now and then, like, you're a sweet kid. I yeah. love you. You know, like, I think, I think that's important to like talk to your inner child and tell them how great they are because yeah. you know, all the things we needed when we were little that we didn't get or whatever, we can give them to totally. ourselves now. Yeah, it is kind of weird. I, I feel like there's a general general theme, like kind of like, and it wasn't cheesy at all what you said either, but it's something that I think that more people need to hear or need to hear other people who are successful say is that you're enough and, you know, not to worry so much. Like for me, it's the same thing. Like I, I worried so much when I was younger about all the wrong things mm -hmm. to um, almost like, in a, which is kind of funny because now cut to, I don't know, 36 now where I literally... I like, I still have anxiety about shit, but I don't worry about the right shit, I think. Uh, mm -hmm. So, <laughs> so, but when I was a kid, man, it was like, I was immobilized sometimes with, with the, with the bullshit that I was worried about. And I yeah. wish yeah. I wasn't. Yeah. And stop trying to be perfect because you're not, you never will be make mistakes. Yeah. No. Yeah. Just make them. Just. There's a great quote by somebody. I almost said dude again. Uh, but I, uh, there is, and he was basically like, uh, perfectionism is, the death of creativity. And Ooh, I love that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Someone said that. Someone really smart said that. Right. So, yes, yeah. I agree. It is someone because I can almost see their face where I'm like, oh, that person yeah. knows some shit. Yeah, that dude um, was smart. Or maybe it was a woman. I don't know. But could have been. Could have been. Yeah, I have no idea. Either way, whoever said it, I was like, oh fuck, that is because how many times have you gone to do something and you're like, oh, it's not like I've had to teach myself to literally uh walk away from something, whether it be a script or you know, or, um, or whatever it is where I'm like, okay, it's done. And it's never going to get more done than this. I could sit here and rewrite it for fucking ever, but eventually you have to just kind of step away. It's hard. Well, to do. And all, well, and also if it's perfect, it's boring. Right. Exactly. That's, perfect is boring. Yes. I completely if I, agree. If I, had a, if I had a perfect childhood, I wouldn't have mm. any songs to write. That's a great way to look at it. Yeah. Zero. I agree. I would not I be zero funny. Songs. 
Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't be funny, and I wouldn't, yeah. and I wouldn't write good songs. So. Yeah. There we go. Perfect. So we Look we, at, we can we can thank our our fucked up childhoods and families for that. Hell yeah! And we yeah. never have to actually speak to them. No, um, ever. That's. <laughs> um, well, listen. I want to thank you so much. You've been on um, for an hour and twenty. Uh, I appreciate you uh, just entertaining me and my, my ridiculous questions and prying into your life. Yeah, no, it was good. It was good. I've had, uh, um, many an interview over the last 10 years and some of them have been just God awful. And this one, <laughs> and this one wasn't one of those. So. That's, oh, that's so that's good, good to hear. Thank you so much. I'm glad. And I feel like I got to know you a little bit too, which is just lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Let's keep in touch. I will absolutely keep in touch with you. And I, <laughs> sorry, I'll catch you later. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye. Dystopia tonight.